Welcome to New Human Living Radio Show, bringing you powerful interviews to awaken the power in you. Learn more at newhumanliving.com. And now your host, Les Jensen. Welcome to the show tonight, our last show of 2023. Boy, howdy, is time flying. Time is flying by. Hey, um... You know, I've I've been pondering this uh this podcast we've had now for such a long time and I can really see an evolution of the conversation of what we're talking about of of what's I guess what's going on in the collective in some fashion or another. And one thing that comes to mind is the patterns, the patterns in our narratives. Now, how many have have uh, tried like vision boards or affirmations or some kind of a daily practice for manifestation of what you want? And a few months, a few years, maybe even a decade later, you're still doing the same thing without effect or perhaps your your life is in a pattern you'd rather do without in other words you there's aspects of your life that you'd like to change the, the notion of uh, somebody might say well i've been married three different times and all of them cheated on me or every time i get a job i can't seem to hold it down very long or anything else in in your experience that is a repetitive experience. The idea of patterns in our narratives, in our thinking, in our beliefs, are the narratives themselves. If you were to look at the thousands of words that you've spoken today, And compare them to the thousands of words you spoke yesterday or thought. Perhaps we should go to the thoughts you're thinking. How similar will they be to tomorrow's thoughts? What are the patterns in your psyche that are repetitive and, and habitual? I bring this up because tonight's episode, I'm really looking forward to, to this, is the title is How to Claim Your Power, Heal and Flourish After Narcissistic Abuse. And our guest tonight is Marina J. The, the idea of narcissistic abuse. If you were an outside observer watching a narcissistic relationship with any two people, one being the, quote, perpetrator and the other one, quote, victim, so to speak, in a general sense, there's going to be patterns, patterns of thoughts and, and beliefs and actions that will showcase the narcissistic behavior. And that's why I bring it up tonight. I, If I had a crystal ball, I bet more and more of our future shows 
talk about patterning and the patterns of our narratives, the patterns of our neurosis sometimes. It's uh, it's a curious thing. But anyhow, let's let's get to it because I'm excited for tonight's podcast. Again, the topic tonight is how to claim your power, heal and flourish after narcissistic abuse. And our guest tonight is Marina J. Marina J. coaches women to flourish after narcissistic abuse and works with women to transform the relationship they have with themselves and painful dynamics with others so they can reclaim their freedom, their power, their light, and their lives. She is the creator of the Narcissistic Template Method and helps women rise with one-on-one coaching, free master classes, courses, and her number one best-selling book and podcast, both called Turn Yourself On. <laughs> she has coached in shadow alchemy for 20 years, and you can find her at marinaj.net. Join me in welcoming Marina to the show. Welcome to the show, Marina J. Thank you for having me. You know, it's a uh, it's a curious world we live in, isn't it? It's uh, the more you uh, air quote wake up, air quote, the more you seize uh, a lot of the narratives that people are living out that that um, really are not really serving them in their life and. I was excited to have you on the show because of your experience. Can you, um, I, I like to take uh, a moment at the front end of things so the audience understands our languaging. We're gonna be talk, talking about narcissistic abuse. In a, in a general sense, how would you describe narcissistic abuse? I would describe narcissistic abuse as even just the word is super hard to say. <laughs> like it just takes energy and you get it wrong half the time and you can't even spell it. And then you do spell it and you're like, wait, is that right? That is narcissism where it takes your energy. It literally sucks your energy. So with a, if you've had a narcissist in your life or you think you might have a narcissist in your life, a narcissist is all about themselves. It's all about them. It's never going to be about you. And it's always going to be about them, what they want, what they need at your expense. They're better than you. They're more important than you. You are there to serve them and their needs. And their needs are never ending. It is a bottomless pit. And so if you've been in a relationship, or you've come from a narcissistic family, what usually happens is the person on the other end of narcissistic abuse starts to lose themselves. So much so that you don't even recognize a person looking at you in the mirror anymore. So we talk about war, you know, we've got war on the planet, we've got sort of very visible, obvious war. Then we've got the very invisible war that's happening between light and dark. And We've got often what happens as a very invisible light and dark war with human beings. 
where only if you actually know about narc abuse, and I'm going to abbreviate it to narc abuse because it is a pain in the ass saying narcissism <laughs> all the time. <laughs> um, if you have had it, literally, you know it, you get it, you spot the signs. If you are still asleep to narcissistic abuse, you won't know it's happening. And that's when it's at its most insidious. So I kind of focus on narc abuse often in a very different way to maybe um, very sort of established approach. And I find that the way that I work really works with the people that are in my world um, because we want to put it into very real practical terms. And I will talk about narc abuse for sure, but I'm not so interested in who they are and what they do so much. I'm more interested on the person at the other end of it. Right. actually flourishing after narcissistic abuse. That's where my focus is. And so we can go through the traits and what have you, but actually when somebody comes into my world, I know immediately from their reactions, their responses, that tells me everything I need to know about have they or have they not been around a narcissist. Nice. Well, the... I, I'm kind of new to the game as far as this particular topic, and mm -hmm. and uh, I, I don't think well for decades of my life I didn't I didn't recognize um, this mechanism so to speak. When when we think about somebody with a narcissistic um, tendency. It's not always, they don't always wear it on their cuff. In in other words, it's it can be difficult to um, detect or perceive because from my experience, um, narcissistic behavior can be extremely polished, extremely, um, what, smooth? Um, <laughs> it, it's, mm. it's almost like, uh, part of their narcissistic um, ability to influence can come from charm and smiles and, you know, like a social butterfly. And, and it's, it's not always um, easy to recognize um, that narcissistic behavior. If, if I'm listening to this show, I mean, how to, like, if I want to know if I've been sleepwalking, I can sprinkle flour on the kitchen floor and I'll mm -hmm. see footprints in the morning. How do you, how do you, I mean, what are some of the attributes or, or behavioral tendencies that, um, that kind of denote a narcissistic behavior? Absolutely. So the way I work is I actually focus on you. So we're going to look at as you, as in you, Les, but also the listeners. So I want you to think, if you think you might have a narcissist in your life or you're not sure or you're like, yeah, no, I'm fine, thanks very much, but my friend has, let's just have a look at how it feels to be you when you're around them because that's going to tell you everything you need to know because there's so many different types of narcissists. They all kind of, there's a, there's a lot of core um, traits that, that they all share. But I mean, like, goddess, there's millions and millions of different stories and it, it could be a full-time job. What I want to look at is your response because with somebody that's so, uh, well, actually, let's go through it. Let's go through it. So 
first question to ask yourself if you are wanting to spot narcissistic abuse is, are they blaming you or playing the victim right now? So if you hold the truth up to a narcissist, they're gonna swing wildly between either blaming you, it's your fault, you haven't spoken to me like that, I wouldn't have done it, or they're gonna play the victim right now and make you the reason for all the misery in their life. And so that's the first one. And if, if, if out of this whole podcast, you only remember one thing, that sentence, are they blaming me or playing the victim right now? Oh, yeah, they are. Because with a healthy person, a healthy person who cares about you will listen to you and take accountability, will listen to you and say, sorry, I hurt you. And a healthy person it wouldn't just stop at the words, they'd be actions. So with a narcissist, it's all just blah, 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 blah. Their <laughs> actions never match their words, right? They never, their actions never match their words. So a really great question, are they blaming me or acting the victim right now? Another one is, are they making me feel guilty? They're making you feel bad or guilty, right? Because narcissists are very manipulative. It's all about them. It's never about you. It's all about them. It's about how can you serve them? How can you serve this huge hole that's in them? So if you think of a narcissist as if you've read the Harry Potter books or you've watched the films, they have these characters called dementors. And a dementor looks like a see-through big black ghost that will come up to somebody's face and suck the life right out of them until they die. That's a narcissist. They will literally suck out your life force. And you'll notice that after you walk away, you will feel shattered inside. It's not just tired, right? It's not just an empathic, oh, I've taken on someone's feelings. Oh, I've taken on somebody's energy. That's just tiredness. This is you will feel crushed and shattered inside. Like you're even unable to think about what you might want for lunch that day. It's, com it's a complete annihilation. So that's the first thing. That's the first thing. Is there anything you want to say about that, Les, or do you want me to go through? No, keep going. <laughs> keep going. All right. Do they get angry very quickly? And especially when you hold the truth up to them. So classic narcissistic visual is their lips can go white they have this flash in their eyes where it's like incandescent rage and usually they will tell you that you're the one that's angry you know you and they'll love it they'll almost goad you with it they'll almost enjoy this is the evil of it they'll enjoy dropping some bombs and then you're the one that gets really angry and then they they gloat on your reaction to their abuse rather than actually saying, oh my gosh, are you okay? No, you hold up the truth. There's no self-reflection. Narcissists don't self-reflect. They're not sitting right now, I guarantee you, they're not sitting right here right now thinking about genuinely how you are because narcissists lack empathy. The 
only person they feel in this relationship is themselves. The only thing they feel is how you affect them. They're not feeling you. So don't for a minute think that you can show them and show them how upset you are or how much you care about the relationship or how ill, physically ill you are. <laughs> they don't care. They do not care because they can't feel you. They're choosing not to feel you. All they feel is how you affect them. That's another really big one. Another one is, are they punishing you for not being compliant? So when you don't say yes, so yes, sir, no, sir, three bags full, sir, how high do you want me to jump? I'll jump right now. I'll make it all about you. I'll say sorry all the time. I'll placate you. I'll give you everything. I'll literally give you my whole self, right? Which is, side note, never enough because they're a bottomless pit. If right. you don't say yes to them, they will punish you for not being compliant. And so another key question you can ask yourself is, who is it impossible to say no to? Who is it scary to say no to? Who is it frightening to self-differentiate around? So you should, in a healthy relationship, be able to say, thanks, but no thanks. And the other person's like, yeah, no worries. Great. Yeah, no problem that we couldn't meet up. No problem that you were late or no, whatever. You know, it's like, not necessarily late, but you can say no. You can say no to that person's plans for you with them. You can say no to what they're offering you, like a job. You can say no to the way that they parent your children, for example. I don't like it when you do that. You're allowed to be different to them. You're allowed to express it. You're allowed to share it with them without getting punished for it. That's a really big one. So as I'm talking, as you're listening, really kind of looking into that. And if you're ticking all the boxes, this doesn't mean that, oh, they're definitely a narcissist, but it is going to show you some red flags because some people do some of these things and they're just an immature soul. But the key here is even immature souls, when called to account, will self-reflect, will ask themselves, oh, you do seem upset. I wonder if I've been a part of that. Or I wonder how I can make this better for you. It's like there's no going back. It's like there, there, there it's almost like you're invisible. You're not even there. Um, another great one is, are they callous with your feelings, but overly sensitive to how you affect them and blow up at the slightest thing? So they can do you wrong. They can fuck you over, no problem, no problem. But if you fall out of line, even just a little bit, you dare to say no, you dare to speak your truth, they're gonna let you have it. They are gonna let you have it with their arsenal and they'll revert to blaming you, they'll revert to being the victim, they might do, you know, um, all sorts of things, they could do anything, right? It's like, God forbid, that you imagine you treated them the same way. I mean, they would just not take it at all. So it really is all about them. You know, I've had clients with narcissistic parents, siblings, 
co-workers, bosses, friends, extended family members, neighbors, narcissistic children, right? Could be anybody and partners. And literally they can treat my client in the most awful of abusive ways. And there's no empathy. There's no accountability. They don't feel responsible at all. And they'll just keep doing it. But if you don't do something tiny for them, it all becomes about that and they will just blow up. And so another question is, am I walking on eggshells around this person? Is it that the slightest thing I do will take them off the edge and they might blow up? Or the fear is they might, I've never seen it, but the fear is I need to keep walking on eggshells because they always have this, narcissists typically have a lot of anger simmering beneath the surface and you can feel it. You can feel it, even with the more sort of covert ones, you can actually feel it, whether it's sort of, it's there and they are very quick to anger, very, very quick to anger. And they could be completely abusive to you, but expect you to take it. They expect you to take their bad behavior and they expect you to come back for more. They want you to come back for more because as a dementor, they don't self-generate. So they're like empty. There's like a hole inside and they keep trying to fill the hole with you, even with drama, right? Drama's great. They'll take anything, quite frankly, because they're trying to feed themselves, right? They want you as that energy supply. So it's such an interesting dynamic when you look at the play between a narcissist and between somebody that's healthy. Right. And this will go on until you take yourself out of the picture. Yeah, please go ahead. Yeah, the you know, um, what I would add to that is um, perhaps if you take a big step back and look at the mechanics of it, so to speak, it it's all about the narrative, the the narrative that they're um, holding up, or in that um, to use the uh, Harry Potter um, metaphor, mm. they're like muggles, or in my opinion, they're like uh, alcoholics. In that, if you take a big step back and look at um, a, a more substantial span of time, nothing is happening in the dynamic where inspiration from within, inspiration from within, like a passionate heart, like a, a creative mind, like a, um, it, it seems like there's too much risk in in stepping out of the narrative so they're not actually doing anything in their life in that they're probably not um, writing a book taking an art class I mean uh, it, it's almost like a hundred percent of the time they they tend to the narrative and and um they want to make sure that the choices that everyone makes keeps the narrative safe. The 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 narrative that they're um, managing is is their safety zone, and and anything that 
might, just might, threaten the safety of this narrative that they're, they're coddling is off the table. And so they tend to do very, um, um, like, uh, perhaps a lot of their activity is, is putting their attention outside of them. They'll, they'll go to plays, they'll travel to exotic places, and their attention is outside of them in mm -hmm. that, that they want to perpetually um, be entertained or um, to have time consumed by something that's holding their attention, if that makes sense. Yeah, because they want to be distracted from themselves. They have so much that's unresolved in them. They'll do, they'll create extravagant lives, usually at the expense of other people. They'll do whatever it takes to not have to sit within. Some of them have written books. There are some therapists out there that are narcissistic. Sorry, but there are. <laughs> I have clients coming to me and I'm like, oh my God. Oh. So there are people that have created books and art and what have you, and they are, but typically... Um, I, the, for the most part, they don't create, Right. they just suck in and absorb and exhaust and extract. And a lot of narcissists will, some of them will create, but when you actually really look at it, it's not their creation. They've stolen it and they've repurposed it for themselves and they pass it off as their own. And that could be art. That could be a book. I've, I've been ripped off with my book, right? I've had somebody pass off four chapters as theirs, word for word, and they put out a workshop based on the four chapters of my book, word for word, and I had the gall to send it to me. So it's sort of, <laughs> it's shocking. I know, I know. Because um, she wanted me to, to, to spell check it because she put a couple of other words in, but she wanted me to look at it. And it's like, what are you doing? So it's very, um, yeah, it's like, they want to be outward focused. And so they usually will have quite big, busy lives. A lot of people, by the way, that are narcissistic are in big positions of power. They're at the top of politics, the, the structures that, you know, so-called think that they're in power. They're at the top because if you think about it, if they spend their lives just thinking about themselves, they're going to be very focused on themselves and you are much more likely to rise and you don't care who, you know, whose expense it is, Right. but you're much more likely to rise. And so you will find them usually in management or usually in very authoritative uh, positions, which can make working for these people. I mean, it's, it's impossible, right. To have a relationship with a narcissist it makes it very difficult. Well, and, and, it their lives can be very polished, very uh, slick, yeah. so to speak, very smooth, very quote put together unquote. I mean, if if they, it might be easy to be envious of their life because it's such a well oiled machine, um, even though it's a, a gigantic train wreck. As far as, because uh, this shows all about human potential, and in order for us to truly honor our human potential, is to let go of the reins, to to teach our ego that 
there's a much bigger potential for our life if we can get our ego to just stand down <laughs> and let the passion of our heart and the vision of our soul come become more prominent in our day-to-day life and and to a narcissist that's off the table because you don't know what the outcome is you don't know if the narrative will survive that or not well it won't i mean that they are morally corrupt they usually cheat there's usually lots of sex issues um they'll cheat on their partners they'll cheat on everybody really um because it's it's all about them and they usually have very um very sort of like their egos I, I the way I work with egos is a little bit different I focus on making friends with my ego so it has no power over me anymore with shadow work and it may be that we talk about it differently but come to the same end result which I feel we probably do um but they are very destabilized within themselves I mean being around a knock is very destabilizing as it is but their egos are so brittle it could be the slightest little thing and they will completely break and be like, you're talking about, what do you mean about me? And it's all, it, they, they, they completely lack the ability to see that they could be at fault. They're the ones hurting other people. They're the ones creating destruction. They're the ones that are annihilating people emotionally, physically, spiritually, in all the ways. And it's so important for us to really be able to spot these signs, mostly within ourselves, because when we're sort of trying to go through, oh, well, narcissists are manipulative. And then you maybe you get an email from a narcissist and you're trying to figure out, well, is that manipulative? I think it is. But if you kind of focus on your own red flags and you go, wait, is this person blaming me? Oh, yeah, they are. Oh, and they're being really callous with my feelings, but like overly sensitive with, you know, with their own. Yes, they are. Am I shouting to be heard? So no matter how reasonable my explanation is they're just going to turn it back on me and I then find myself having to over explain because they're throwing they're dropping all these little bombs for me to get completely distracted by so narcissists are very clever I mean you actually find a lot of narcs at the head of uh, like a lot of the barristers because their narrative is so powerful just like you said and they're very good at weaving a story so that the narrative when you're a barrister it's perfect because you can bring everybody with you. And you sometimes I marvel at it. I go, God, that's good. That is really something. You haven't felt anybody else's feelings. You're just dead set on this narrative. And they do create this narrative in their everyday lives, not just between you and them, right? That you're the wrong, you're the problem, you're the issue, you know, fill in the blank. But they'll also do a smear campaign. So they'll tell everybody else about you about how you don't love them anymore, you're never there for them anymore, look what you do, look what you did, especially if you distance yourself, right? They're going to be able to keep that narrative very cleverly and pull people in. And only the people who are not awake are going to follow them. Those that are awake will hopefully not be in their area anyway, but will know it for what it is. So yeah, very powerful at creating a narrative, very powerful storytellers. They tell every story but the truth. Nice. You know what? While you were just talking, an, another thing came to me. I guess it's the coffee kicking in. The uh, <laughs> um, 
over a span of days, um, there's a lot of attention put on just a few events, this or that, and and uh, the posturing with that event takes up much more time than the actual event itself. So in a healthy dynamic, right. something happens, now I'm onto something new, something happens, now I'm onto something new, and there's a... Mm -hmm. There's a evolving of of dialogue, but w when you're trying to manage the narrative, you there's events that are potential trigger events, and then there's a whole bunch of uh, context uh, kind of tacked on to these events. And so over a span of days, it there's just a few things that are um, highlighted, so to speak, and and. And that manipulative behavior is based on just a few events over what could have been many events. If, if you were living carefree and, and footloose, it'd be a much more rich and dynamic um, conversation, so to speak, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. So a classic narc move is they will continually bring up events from decades ago, years ago, <laughs> where supposedly Past lives. you hurt them, right? And they'll go on and 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 on. Right. And so typically, you know, you might come to them thinking you're going to celebrate somebody's birthday and they might pull you to one side and say, you know, can I talk to you for a second? I'm still really upset about what you did in 2012. And in your mind, you're thinking, oh, my God, we've gone over this so many times. And in my mind, it was reconciled because that's where it ended. But they're still casting it up. They're still bringing it up. And every time they just so-called want to talk, it becomes more traumatic than the actual event in the first place, a lot longer and a lot more traumatic. And usually the events they're bringing up was their fault in the first place. It was all them anyway. And perhaps you've been trying to make them see, perhaps you were trying to very, very gently show them that perhaps if they hadn't behaved in that very abusive way, that your spouse wouldn't have started shouting back and they're still casting up the issue that happened in 2012 in your kitchen when they came over. Right. And they will continue. And in my experience with my clients, as narcissists get older, they get worse in this aspect. They will do more and more of it. They, they will have a litany of all the things you've done wrong. And every time they're with you, they can hold it in for only so long before Boom, out it comes, annihilation, blame. They also like to hurt and criticize people that you love or projects that are important to you right to your face. So I had a client recently who went back to her family for Thanksgiving and her mother started criticizing her younger daughter to her about how she wasn't good enough at school, she wasn't working hard enough, but it was like a character assassination. It wasn't constructive, it wasn't with love, and it's nothing my client hasn't heard before. And it's disgusting, it is absolutely disgusting. And that mother assumed and expected my client to just sit there 
listen to the annihilation that went for three hours and be fine with it. And that my client should continue saying sorry, continue bowing down, continue placating her for when? Until next time, this will just continue. This never ends. Right. Well, now right? We're, uh, we're about halfway through the show. Um, let's just touch for a, a, a brief minute um, about the the narcissistic, the the person themselves. Just just kind of look at if we peel the the story away and look um, deeper inside of them, and then uh, then we'll uh, flip it over and look at how to claim your power, heal and flourish. So, what are the what are the mechanisms? I mean, f for a, a a narc to mm -hmm. uh, t to be so motivated with this kind of a behavior, it, it uh, they're just it seems like they're just scared to death to turn their attention inward within themselves. It's always about all their motivation is about things outside of them, so to speak. And like you said, there's no uh, inner reflection. Uh, what are some of the mechanisms that that um, narcissistic behavior is um, motivated by? Yeah, I mean, it, it, I mean, there are several, you know, schools of thought. One is that narcissists are made. Another one that narcissists are born. I think most people would agree that most narcissists are made. Are there some narcissists that are born? I don't know. I'm not sure about that. I mean, I look at babies. I never see a narcissist there. Even though for babies, it's all about them. You know, that's, that's survival. It's completely different. <laughs> if they didn't cry, they'd die, right? So that's cool. We need to know when they're upset and, and what have you. But for the most part... Um, the motivation for narcissists is energy. It's an energy gain. At its core, it's an energy gain. They are unwilling to self-generate. So if you think about you in your daily life, you like to go out into nature and self-generate. You go for a walk or you'll do yoga or you'll meditate or you'll hit the gym or you'll stroke your dog or your cat or you will be helping people on the planet and you will get a lot of that beautiful energy back every time you do your life's purpose right god moves through you if you're not religious and you don't like the word god goddess universe spirit creator whatever works for you so with narcissists they've disconnected from god they might be pious they might be super religious but they don't have a real relationship with God, no matter how much they say they do. What they do instead of connecting to upstairs is they plug into you. That's where they want their answers. That's where they want your energy. That's where they are requiring you, they're commanding you to make things better for them because they're always in pain and their refusal to look at their own pain and self-reflect and heal means they're never going to get better. And the motivation for that is they're frightened of themselves. The motivation for that is maybe at school they were made to feel never good enough, whatever it is. 
the same time, you get a lot of narcissists that have beautiful people around them. You know, when, when narcissists are children, when I said narcissists are made, a lot of that is that for that narc, there were no consequences. The parents overly coddled them. It's right, darling. It's fine. You didn't mean to hit Jackie. Oh, it's okay. You're the youngest one. You know, we'll make sure the older siblings always make it all about you. And so the motivation, apart from everything I've said, is also it works. It works for them. For somebody that's unwilling to look at themselves, that level of manipulation and abuse means they still get what they want from unsuspecting people. So they do get their needs met. Usually around a narcissist, you'll see their life is usually much easier, as you said. You know, it can look like a very nice life. Yeah, than yours. Some of them, you know, their finances go up and down like a, you know, Jack and the Nori and all of that stuff. But typically, they have more support than you. They have people around them that are serving them. So the motivation at the end of all of that, because there could be so many different parts of that, is it works. So I'm going to keep doing it because as long as I keep doing it, get my needs met, don't need to look inside. They're trying to fill their cup, so to speak, but it's all from external sources. So it's a never ending That's right. dialogue. That's right. Well, now let's, let's look at us. We're listening to the show. We're, we're thinking about what we've been talking about. And it's like, you know, it looks like I I know a few people in my life that might be narcissistic. <laughs> I mean, yeah. the, so it, I, I'm all about the uh, owning your experience. You know, the um, if if you take a big step back and look at like soul contracts. Um, before anybody was even born in in this uh, narrative, sometimes perhaps we can choose to have this type of a narcissistic uh, environment play out for us. But to look to look at ourselves and and look at a narcissistic relationship, what are the what are the uh, the the mechanisms or the techniques that we can look at to help claim our power and heal and flourish. Absolutely. So I'll go through the steps, but before I do that, I kind of want to set the scene. Let's set the scene a little bit. So what's a narcissist? A narcissist is me first at the expense of you. And the person on the other side, and I hesitate to say the word empath because that's not always the case. Okay, so the person on the other side is, yes, I agree with you. It is you first, narcissist, at the expense of me. So they're both in agreement. There's a jigsaw right there. And if, as you're listening to this, you're thinking, oh, I know loads of people that are all like this. And sometimes <laughs> when you hear this, it can be quite shocking because you realize it's all various shades of it. It's okay. It's okay. This is what waking up is. If you're somebody that's woken up to also the abuse that we've been having on the planet, it can be a shock. So just allow yourself to journal, go through it, um, so that you can start kind of working through it for yourself. Because sometimes we don't know why something's wrong. We just know it's wrong. We don't have a word for it. We don't have um, 
yeah, descriptions of it, um, particularly for these people um, that have really fragile egos, right? Because beyond that fragile ego. Um, so with a narcissist, it's like, yeah, I'm going to agree that it's you first. It's all about you. It's all about how you feel. It's all about how I affect you. You, 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 you. So the sole contract, and this is where it gets, I, this is my, you know, all of this is, is my personal uh, work and beliefs and, and, and all of this, is why would the dark be inserted so early on? Because usually it starts from when we were little, right? With a parent or a sibling or an extended family member or a cousin. Somebody could be somebody at school. Why would the dark be inserted so early into somebody's life? And part of that is to thwart the light. So typically, the people that have had an experience in narcissistic abuse are the real leaders on our planet. And they're the real leaders for a number of reasons. One, they're usually highly gifted, even if they're going to refute it. I'm betting other people around you will say how amazing you are. So listen to them more than yourself if you're one of those people. Two, you are somebody who genuinely cares which will immediately put you into a leadership role. When you genuinely care, not just about that person's health, their well-being, their life, but you also care about how you affect them, that's a leader. That's a real leader. We've been modeled the wrong leaders for a long, 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 long time. They're very self-absorbed. It's all about them. It's all service to self. You're very much in service to others. So when we've had the, the, the dark inserted at such a young age, it's usually to thwart the brightest lights. But that doesn't mean, oh, I haven't had narc abuse ever. I'm not a bright light. Oh, my God, that's not at all. But this is continually what I see. And what I see is the ones that have had narc abuse are usually the road feels the hardest to get their life's work out there, to get their brilliant selves out there. Because it's still, they're still operating under this template, if you will, that it's still all about everybody else at their expense. So the mechanics for somebody on the other side of narc abuse, why do, why has it happened? I feel like there's a number of reasons for those sole contracts, but ultimately it's to make them into the leader they were born to be because, and this is my belief strongly, on our planet, we have a lot of global narcissists. You think about corporations, you think about organizations that say they're here to look after us, doing this for your own good. All of that, when you really look at these structures, they're in service to themselves. So we've had to have these early experiences personally to know what it is in order to be the real leaders of this new earth so that this new earth actually rises. And I'll be really honest with you, I haven't met one person who's a genuine leader. And that doesn't mean that they're obviously successful and popular and have lots of followers. I can spot a leader a mile off. I haven't seen and met one leader, one light worker who hasn't experienced narcissistic abuse. That's a little bit like our learning book, if you will. <laughs> and so at the moment, we've got the global narcs, relatively speaking, at the top, still dictating how it's going to be anyway in the third dimension on the physical world. And we've got the real light leaders at the bottom. And we want to flip. We want the real light leaders at the top and guiding and leading everybody else until everybody is leading themselves. And so 
that I believe is a lot of the sole contracts that we have had in order to read, because you can't fully be in the light. You can't fully be in your power if you're scared of the dark. You can't fully be in the light and fully be in your power if you don't know the dark. You have to know the dark. There's dark on this planet. We can't just be all love and light. That's not gonna lead the planet to strength, power, and true ascension. True ascension is I see you, I'm gonna do my shadow work, I'm gonna own everything, I'm gonna own my dark and turn it back into the light so that you, you, oh, and especially you, have no more power over me in, over me anymore. And that's the play. So that's what I see. And then it becomes, it's me first and you first. If you're on the receiving end of narc abuse, you will be able to do that. It's me first and you first. There's no, nobody's, it's at nobody's expense. No one's sacrificing themselves here. For the narcissist, it's important for them to also go, yeah, it's me first and you first. But will they ever learn that? No, because it doesn't yield any benefits for them. They're not interested in love. They're not interested in real joy, real care. They're not interested in the heart. They're not in a relationship for you. They're in a relationship for themselves. So they're not going to be interested in any of that healing, right? Which is why I never work with narcissists, because why would I work with somebody that believes the whole world is at fault, they'll never heal, you know? So that's the mechanics. And so a lot of the motivation we talked about for a narc, you know, a lot of the motivation with uh, people on the other side of narc abuse is that they've been conditioned to make it about the other person at their own expense. And so what's really important is that they start to understand how to break that hold that's over them that keeps them serving at their expense, keeps them sacrificing themselves, keeps them hurting their dreams, hurting their light, subjugating themselves, making themselves inferior, minimizing their needs, their feelings, their dreams, all of it. And that's where I come in because these are the real leaders that we want leading on our planet. Nice. Well, the I would perhaps add to that, um, a lot of times when we're, we are being manipulated by whatever mechanism, it, we're being pushed against ourselves in the sense of whatever we avoid, which would be, you know, the shadow work. Um, whatever we avoid is, can, can be a mechanism for uh, manipulation. For example, uh, emotions the um this is kind of my uh um kool-aid or whatever but what'll happen is emotions in and of themselves are like an echo at an echo canyon if i shout out a word the echo is the word i shout out and it's as impersonal as can be. And our emotions, when we bump up against, quote, reality, unquote, the emotions we have coming back are a reflection of how we see ourselves. And what what happens is our, our emotional phacosis is not about the emotions themselves ever, ever, ever. How can an echo have a motivation or bias or intent. Mm -hmm. 
The emotions in and of themselves do not have an agenda, but it's our memory. All our, all our emotional phacosis is from our mind in that we have a memory of what was happening when that the feeling of the emotion, when the feeling of the emotion was felt, our eyes saw something going on. Dad was beating the crap out of mom. There was um, other forms of struggle. And with the feeling of that emotion, our minds have a memory of something that's extremely difficult to see, to perceive. And so to, to heal our relationship with emotions is not about the emotions. It's about creating a new story to the feeling. And so, so if we're in a, a narcissistic relationship, I'll, oftentimes our emotions are the one of the tools of manipulation. If we don't allow ourselves the ability to feel something because we're scared to death of it, our ego has painful memories of it. Our mind, our mind has this story that we've told ourselves about the emotion to when the emotion comes up in our psyche to just stop and feel it as impersonal as an echo, to stop and feel it for what it is, to stop and feel it without assigning the old story to it, then we change the dynamic and the, the energy, the emotion can, can transmute through us and out of us. But if we always drop into a reactive pattern with our emotions, we actually accumulate more and more of it and our life becomes more and more challenging. So to diffuse how emotions manipulate our lives is to reprogram the story of the feeling. And so when, this, when the emotion gets uh, reflected back to us, we stay in the feeling and allow it to transition through us and out of us and then we don't accumulate it and it can be spooky to do that it can be real spooky to do that because the memory of it but once you do that two or three times then you recognize that the feeling itself has no agenda and you can stay in the painfulness of it because of the memory the mental memory you stay in the painfulness of it and you actually reprogram your experience of it, and then you change your reaction to it, and now you can't be manipulated with it, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree with you there. So I remember um, loads of situations where narcissists in the past had accused me, for example, of being angry. And they're like, you're angry. And I'm like, well, I'm not actually, but if I was, I've got no problem being angry. Right. And that trying to use my own emotions against me. And it's like, well, good luck because <laughs> you're messing with the wrong person. This is what I specialize in, right? Which is healing the emotional body. And every emotion has a gift. 
every feeling has a gift. So often there's feelings that we don't mind feeling. There might be feelings that we like feeling. And then there's feelings that we really don't like feeling. Those are your key. Right. Because if you can fall in love with them, make friends with them, then when somebody else is, you know, accusing you of being angry or accusing you of being manipulative, basically blame shifting, right? Everything they are, they're blaming you. You can stand there in the wind and the fire that's coming in your direction and stand really still and go, yeah, I'm okay with that. There's nothing that they can do. You render them powerless because you've already rendered those emotions powerless. And it's often what we've made feeling or being those emotions to mean about us. So we don't want to be an angry person because we don't like angry people, for example. Well, actually, your anger is going to irritate you enough, get under your skin enough. Maybe you're going to call a boundary. Maybe you're going to say a full fuck no. And that anger is going to get you out of this really abusive situation. But so many people around narcs, if you ask them, they'll say, they'll say to you, oh, yeah, no, I'm not an angry person, though, because they've had it modeled to them so disgustingly by the narc, because that's abusive anger, that they don't have a healthy relationship with their own anger. They don't have a healthy relationship with their own fear. Right, because usually the narcissist wants you to be frightened of them, wants you to be continually scared of what they're going to do next. So when we can own everything that they're showing us, right, and say, well, where am I doing that to me? Because, you know, I, I remember I've had clients throughout the years and they're like, you know, but if I'm angry, I'm like, yeah, but you already are angry. You already are angry. So you may as well go and own it. You know, or they'll say things like, um, yeah, but I don't want to think ill of that person. Yeah, but you already are. You're trying to suppress it. (laughs) And all that's going to lead is to you feeling like a really (laughs) awful human being. How about we just say there's nothing wrong with any of you. It's better to be whole and good, which is Carl Jung. And so shadow work, as you've so beautifully explained, it's very much about really falling in love and seeing the gift and everything that you feel right now, whether you like it or not, because it's guiding you back to your own self-love and it's guiding you back to the life that you really want to live. Nice. Well, an hour can go by pretty fast and now it's time to put attention on you. So can you share with our audience your book or books and your platform, your web page? If you do anything in person, where are you? If you do it online, let us know. Take the time and let the audience know all about you. Oh, thank you. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, um, I am based in England and I will be doing in-person events actually next year, which I'm really excited about. And my focus is on you flourishing off the narcissistic abuse. So there are a number of ways for you to do that. The first is I have free training. I have three full masterclasses that you can access right away for you to flourish off the narcissistic abuse using pleasure and healing. It's not just healing, right? We get to have fun with it. It's to really reclaim your power. And you can access it. I'll give you the address. Um, and, and maybe Les can pop it somewhere, but it's all on my website, marinaj.net. Um, but this particular one is marinaj, 
marinaj.net, so M-A-R-I-N-A-J.net, forward slash receiving, dash page, forward slash, and you'll get access to that. Um, I have my book, my number one best-selling book called Turn Yourself On, and that isn't about narcissistic abuse, but that is about you. That's about you rebuilding yourself from the inside. So reclaiming your power, reclaiming your light, and reclaiming your fabulousness, because we don't just want to be survivors. You know, I hear about survivors, and yes, shit stuff's going to happen, and the healing journey can be bumpy, but we also want to thrive along the way, and there is a way to do that. So um, there's my book, Turn Yourself On, to turn on your power, your sensuality, your light, all of it, and your ability to self-heal. So a lot of the processes that I do with clients are in there. Um, there's, there's a lot. So you can open the book for whatever you need. Someone's been jealous of you or you feel jealous or you're feeling angry or this has happened. And there'll be a process in there for you to take yourself into your subconsciousness to heal it or to do it um, with your consciousness. Right. So you're going to be awakened and able to do it. Um, and then the way that I work with with people who want to flourish after narcissistic abuse really is in four stages. And the first stages is exactly as you said, Les, it's to heal your emotional body. So it's safe to be in your body, right? And then we use everything that's happening to you now, everything that's happened in the past to turn that dark back into your light, back into your power, back into your passion for life, for people and your projects again. And so I use a modality that I've created called shadow alchemy, which is like shadow work but on steroids. And I, I called it shadow alchemy because truly when you know how to do shadow work, it's not work. It's an absolute deep dive in relief, pleasure, and you get your freedom back. Amazing. Um, and so I have an eight week course that you can join anytime you wish. Um, that is available now. You also get me live as well. And that is my Shadow Alchemy eight-week course. And you'll see all of the courses on my homepage, marinaj.net. That is level one. That is let's rebuild and heal the relationship with yourself. The second level is we're going to heal your relationship to the outside world, right? Because usually you've been really hurt by people. And so we want to make it safe for you to receive love and support and success from people so usually what happens is we shut down and we become the lone ranger because it's just too painful and so we want you receiving easily and we clear the narcissistic template which again is a um something i've created because I, I kept seeing people take that template from when they were a child and now they're adults they wrap it around their businesses they wrap it around people so that they keep giving 80% as if it was to the narcissist, but they only receive 20% back. They only allow them to receive 20% back because they don't feel safe to receive. So that is, again, I've got another eight-week narcissistic template course. That is that. Uh, that has boundaries in it, all the good things. And then we install the goddess template, which is where you stop treating yourself as a narcissist would, you stop treating yourself like a narcissist, right? Where you minimize your feelings, your needs, your wants, you blame yourself, you always take over responsibility for how any interaction goes. You always think it's your fault, right? You punish yourself, all the things. And we get you to start treating yourself like a goddess. So this is where, this is a, a course for women. 
And this is about you treating yourself instead of like how a narcissist would, how God would. How would God treat you? That's what we want to get to. And so that's what we do. We reclaim your feminine power, sensuality, sexuality, all the top notes that are usually the first thing to disappear when you're dealing with these people. And then the last part of that is we install um, the, we kind of get you into flourishing, what I call flourishing freedom. So we take everything that we've learned on the inside and we get you actually experiencing it on the outside. What is it like for you to receive lots of attention from people looking at you, giving you compliments? Can you allow yourself to be celebrated? Can you allow yourself to be loved and cherished? Can you let the support in in real time? So we're, we do that um, together. And so you can come into these little bits or you can come and do the whole year with me. And the whole year is my beautiful signature course called Flourish. And you get immediate access to all of this. You get me in a private Facebook group where I can give you audio coaching whenever you need and you get access to my library of content. So you're always supported 24 seven to not just survive after narc abuse, but to actually fucking flourish. Because it's in honestly in a world where it's always been about them, I'm not interested in them anymore. It's got to be about you. It's got to be about you no longer allowing your energy to be hijacked by what they're doing or what they might be doing or their approach to you. This doesn't mean that we're immune, right? We're human beings. We're going to get upset. We're going to get sad. There's going to be, they often say like dealing with narc is like a living grief right? Because they're kind of dead to you, even though they're still alive. It's very painful. But at the same time, we can be in a community of like-minded women. This The whole year is for women only. Uh, and actually really receive the love and support and care you need first. Because when you can practice it in a safe space, it gives you a lot more confidence to do it in the outside world. And um, yeah, I absolutely, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. So thank you for allowing me um, to share. Well, how very nice. Um, well, the show has come to an end. I want to thank you. I have thoroughly enjoyed this episode. I want to thank you for being our guest tonight. Uh, thank you so much for, yeah, giving us both space to really talk about this and for being such a lovely interview. I really, I've really enjoyed it. Thank you for having me. We've, the, to, the topic of tonight's show is how to claim your power, heal, and flourish after narcissistic abuse. And our guest tonight has been Marina Jade. What a delightful conversation. I really like... I really like taking a deep dive into something that you might be stuck in, but you might not know it. The the more these types of topics come up in our shows with our guests, the more I I look around and observe people around me, and I look at the metrics of how many of them know they're entrenched in narcissistic behavior or, or neurotic behavior or some kind of a, a karmic stigma, a karmic pattern that that really keeps them stuck. What a fun show. The last show of 2023. I want to wish all our listeners uh, 
a very happy new year. Next week, I'm yours truly. Next week is my show. I always have the first show of the year. And I'm looking forward to it. I think we're going to have some fun. 2024 is really setting itself up to be a pivotal year. So let's let's delve into our human potential in 2024 and light it up. <laughs> it's always a pleasure for me to have shows that, that help you grow. I'm so glad you chose to join us tonight. It's always a pleasure. It's always my pleasure. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, Les Jensen. You've been listening to a new human living broadcast. If you're a spiritual seeker, you're going to eventually bump up against your relationship with God, especially if you grew up in some of the more classic Western religions. Forgiven Sinner, God's Last Savior, is a spiritual book written for spiritual seekers to help them heal their relationship with God and more fully embody their own life purpose. Forgiven Sinner, God's Last Savior. Get your copy. I'm your host, Les Jensen. Thanks for listening. Until next time.